Welcome to the Mad Hands Records Podcast, brought to you courtesy of Anchor.fm, the podcast platform that gives you all the tools you need to create your own podcast right from your computer or phone. Anchor then distributes it to Apple, Spotify, Podcast, and many more. You can even make money with minimum listenership. Download the app today or go to anchor.fm. I'm Mad Mike, and I'll be co-hosting this podcast, along with my good buddy, Johnny Rock. Our goal is to hip you to the music and artists of Mad Hands Records. Each episode will concentrate on one release from the label, which covers nearly three decades of recordings from 1994 to the present. Welcome to episode three of the Mad Hands Record Podcast. I'm Mad Mike, and along with my partner Johnny Rock, we're going to be talking about and playing the music from the third release on Mad Hands Records, Blue Cues, which came out in the year 2000. When did work start on Blue Cues, and where did that music come from? Well, you know, work started right after Psychedelic Steppenwolf came out. I mean, we had so much music and poems that they've uh, submitted that we just really didn't have enough space uh, on the first recording. And we wanted to see how it came out and see what people thought of it anyway. We were afraid to step in too deep. One record, we wanted to see how it did and see if people liked it. And more than anything else, we liked it. Uh, The record was, as far as we were concerned, a smashing success. Uh, We married uh, some poetry to music in a way that I don't think anybody else has in the past. And it set us on course for doing a lot of, of things after that. So basically, Psychedelic Steppenwolves was the beginning of what Blue Cues became six years later. Uh, we were solidifying a lot of those same themes and the concepts that we uh, established during that first record. You know, and the, the, the main overall thing that we tried to do with this record, and all the records of Mad Hands really, is to find the best music to excite and stimulate the words and, and the poems of Dave Rubin. And that's been uh, the hallmark of Mad Hands is really just trying to find appropriate music for what we're trying to do with it. And in this instance, it's trying to fit it to, to poetry. It was six years between Psychedelic Steppenwolves and Blue Cues. Uh, what changed during that time? Well, Thousand Tiny Fingers was still the primary source of most of the material that uh, we used to blend with Dave's poetry. But uh, during the course of the 90s, I had been doing a lot of... Uh, uh, shows with a lot of the classic groups from the 50s and 60s and meeting a lot of different musicians. So the uh, the family of musicians that I had to choose from that were willing to come out to Mad Hands and contribute grew exponentially during the 90s. A lot of those musicians, you know, the ingredients that they brought became really important to the sound of Mad Hands records. The first selection I have queued up from the uh, Blue Q CD has a special place in my heart. My daughter Sayaka is uh, reciting the words to this poem, The Answer. And you know, the recording started with a real basic groove with just myself and Ivan Bodley on bass. Uh, Ivan Bodley's been on the show quite a lot of times. You probably remember uh, he did a little promo for the show. I met him in the 90s. He came from Berkeley College, and Dave Backer met him, and he started uh, subbing for Dave. Next thing... 
every act that he backed wanted him to be the musical director. Uh, he is just one fantastic musician. He has a book out now called uh, uh, Mem- Memoirs, Memoir of a Working Class Rock Star. He's uh, known by every <laughs> rock star out, but nobody else knows who he is, but they all want him to play. He's an amazing, amazing bass player. And he turned me on to uh, Anchor FM, where, where this podcast is emanating from. You can see his podcasts, or hear them rather, as well, on Anchor FM. Uh, but this groove for uh, the answer started with him and I, just laying down this, this feel after we listened to what the poem sounded like. We weren't even listening to my daughter uh, when we first came up with the groove. David laid down a version of it just so we could play along with it. Now, after the two of us laid down our parts, I brought in another guy that uh, became really essential to Mad Hands Records, and that was uh, Billy Biddle. We call him Bid Vicious, <laughs> keyboard player who looked like Uncle Fester and played like nobody's business. He came in and put down a keyboard track on top of our uh, bass line and drum line, and it just took it to another place, a really cool place. You'll hear it in a second. Uh, Billy also was involved before this recording as the uh, master engineer for uh, Psychedelic Steppenwolves. I met him again on the circuit, backing all kind of groups. He was with the Shangri-Las, I think, when I first met him. He was the musical director back in the uh, 80s for Phoebe Snow. Brilliant, brilliant keyboard player. Uh, So that was the the trio that started out on this song. Then we needed some icing on top, and I brought in a gentleman that was also on Psychedelic Steppenwolf to play some muted trumpet. And that was uh, Tom Russo who uh, supplied that amazing muted trumpet line uh, on this tune. So, you know, let's, let's give a listen to it. What do you think, Johnny? I want to hear it. It's been a long time since I heard your sweet little daughter's voice on that. <laughs> it's hard to believe she's going <laughs> to be 33 soon. <laughs> let's listen to the answer off of the 2000 release, Blue Cues. <laughs> The answer It's unbelievable There are still people who are searching for the answer There are still people who believe there is an answer There are still people who think they have the answer It's really unbelievable. Searching. Believe. Have. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Really unbelievable. 
Tell people who tell are searching, who are searching, who are searching. The answer. That was off the 2000 release of Blue Cues. The answer, recited by Syaka Cullens, one, uh, one of my favorites. What a bass line. Really great uh, lyrics and, you know, very poignant. Now, John, you know, I want to talk about the artwork on this because... This was an extension of Psychedelic Steppenwolf's uh, with the artwork as well. We really solidified the um, the logo of a wolf who began to appear on a lot of the recordings later on. But that became one of the uh, the themes, the wolf. Can you talk a little bit about when you did the work to this? Because it, it had such a different coloration to it. It went from those bright yellows and reds to the blue. blue well, you blue. sent me the... Uh the uh, recordings that you were working from and that you were putting together, little samples of things you were doing. And all I did was listen to those and those uh, gave me the visuals right there. I mean, I think they fit perfect with the poetry on these albums because that's where everything came from. All my ideas came right from uh, the words and the music. It was really a great experience doing it because I'd never did anything like that before. And uh, now I have a whole collection of things with the wolf. And it's really cool because uh, we have to look at it to really appreciate it. It's a pool table uh, with all this smoky haze in the background. Who knows what kind of activity is going on in the background there. You can only guess, but it looks like a lot of fun. And the wolf playing pool, and it's just... uh, And the big wolf up front blowing the horn. Yeah, yeah, it's just unbelievable. And again, uh, you said you, you basically worked with the music that I sent you. And some of those songs, the title cut, Blue Cues, which uh, Bob primarily wrote, Bob D., uh, just had the real plaintive sound. Just he, he nailed it on what it was like to be in a pool room, I think. And, uh, of course, that's one of your favorite places to be as well. well so. Yeah, it came natural. The second piece I have queued up from this recording is uh, called The King's Highway Blues Band, which is uh, another iconic number of Dave Rubin's which is basically about his life in New York and his search for the blues. The musicians on this piece are basically the same guys who were on The Answer, with the addition of one extra guy, and this guy was a monster, Gunter Hompel, a vibus from uh, Germany, who I happened to meet at a jam session somewhere in New York City in the mid-'80s, and for some reason he liked me, and we got together, and he was explaining a lot about free jazz and playing in the collective and playing as a, a group going off of a theme and... Uh, returning to that theme after you've talked and had conversations with the other musicians. I learned a lot from him, and uh, I was really, really honored to do uh, all the shows we did. We played at a lot of clubs in New York, from the Knitting Factory uh, to the Gas Station, which was this little venue that uh, the owner had done all this welding and 
artwork that was all pieces of metal that he put together. It was an amazing place. And I was just so honored to have Gunter come out to my studio and record for me. And it was more than a couple times that he came out. I'd uh, trundle into the city in my old uh, Subaru and pick him up in his vibes and bring him out here to, uh, not here, but at the Teaneck when I was there at the time. And uh, we'd have a nice little play. Bob D would always join us and all manner of people came and played. Uh, I think on this recording we're going to listen to, he was there if I believe, I think we were all together. I'm trying to remember now. It's been so long. I can't remember if he came at the end or if he played with Ivan. We may have all been together on this. But uh, let's give a listen to the King's Highway Blues Band off of the 2000 release Blue Cues. In the back streets of the blues renaissance, roaring out of the blue void, they balance themselves between cars on the D train, harmonicas chugging and squawking like James Cotton, whose amplified Delta Revelation had just blown down the Cafe Gogo. Psychedelic hoodlums unselfconsciously prowling the musical third rail and racing to ruin their livers with dirty needles. Smoking weed in the pool room bathroom, the green felt of the tables pulsing, and the stops on the D train transformed into an archipelago of southern legend where they burned with the blue religion of the 12 bar prayer blue religion of the growling, squealing saxophone, the blue religion of the boogie-woogie bass, and the blue religion of hoarse-voiced, smoky barroom soul shouting. We saw him, Muddy Waters, was Moses, as we swayed on the corrugated, semicircular iron moons between the subway cars. Muddy, who carved the blues commandments with the bottleneck knife. Muddy, who led the flocks to the plugged-in promised land. As he pointed us back before the blues, to the prisons of Mississippi and Louisiana, to the ring shouts and field hollers, to the voices of the preachers of the Church of God in Christ, who cried out against the devil's music in ecstatic one-room tambourine chants. Our dream of the indigenous blues machine stalled at Cortelia Road where a blind man searches for a blue god beseeching the unseen, singing the unsayable.
That was the King's Highway Blues Band off the 2000 release of Blue Cues. If you'd like to hear more music from Mad Hands Records and maybe even purchase a song or two, the best place to go is madhandsrecords.bandcamp.com. The whole catalog is up there, and you can listen to any song on the site without charge. There's a lot of content, so take your time and visit often. MadHandsRecords.BandCamp.com If you like the Mad Hands artwork on Bandcamp, check out my site, MindOfManto.com, all one word. Some of my more familiar oils, as well as sketches, and some of my album cover art is on that site. Email me at Monto51 at Yahoo.com and tell me what you think. You know, you always had some great, great voices on these albums. Uh, Louis Lyman, Charlie Thomas. Ellsbury Hobbs. Ellsbury Hobbs, you, your daughter. Your voice comes out great on these. You have a great radio voice, a face for radio, too. Well, you know, I was just going to mention that uh, uh, some of these poems, and, and Dave kind of, you know, pushed me into it. He wanted me to do some of them because he thought my voice fit a lot of the uh, poems that he had. And it turns out I have a good time doing it. So I ended up doing quite a few poems over the years for him. And now I'm at the point where I want to go out and read some poetry in a, in a little venue because I have, I have a lot of fun doing it. And, you know, just putting music to poetry over the years has given me more of appreciation of it and just listening to the spoken word, especially if somebody knows how to get that, uh, that idea across. It has to be a good reading uh, for me to, for it to be impactful. And I learned from Dave Rubin. This whole project was a work of uh, art, a work, a work of genius, and you deserve a lot of credit uh, for putting this together the way you did because it's really beautiful stuff. Well, I appreciate that. You know, you pat me on the back and my head's getting bigger and bigger. But, you know, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I've got a piece here that really, it sort of fits the uh, uh, what's happening today. Uh, I'll, I'll say no more about that. But it's called The Mayor of Utopia. And the band we used for this was slightly different uh, from the uh, last two numbers you heard. Uh, the bass player on this is James Kirk. That's Captain James Kirk. My good friend that I met when I first moved to New York, just a really intuitive, fascinating bass player who moved to uh, Chicago, and we stayed in close touch, and he did a lot of recordings for me early on, in the early 90s out here at Mad Hands. And uh, this next song I want to play has him on it. Uh, he's joining Bid Vicious on the keyboards, Tom Russo on trumpet, and Gun- Gunter Hoppel on the vibes. Let's listen to The Mayor of Utopia off of the 2000 release, Blue Cues. The mayor of Utopia. They're all running for office. The mayor of Utopia. One promises free sex. One free brown rice. 
One promises anarchy and his own resignation. Promises it will be the last speech anyone ever gives. One promises to make everyone beautiful. One promises to abolish the tyranny of beauty. The rhetoric is morphine for revolutionaries. But the old junkie's got no veins left. Utopia, read by Mad Mike. Uh, great number there, but uh, I'm thinking I need something a little crazier, you know, to close this thing out. What do you got? I know the things that we've listened to have been kind of uh, right down the middle, so I do have something picked out that's a little bit off the path. Uh, you know, I always like to include stuff like this. All, all of our recordings had at least one song where we just uh, did whatever. A lot of the material for this particular song came off of answering machines that I had at home at the time that had cassettes in them. Back in the 80s, all the machines had cassettes. So I had a whole bunch that uh, my good friend uh, Bid Vicious had left over a period of time. He'd always be calling, leaving some crazy message about something or other. And I went through a lot of my messages and found uh, some of the ones that he did. This piece is one of the few on this uh, collection that reunites the original A Thousand Tiny Fingers. Brooke Thaler, Bob D, and myself, with Bid Vicious with the vitriol in the background. And we're going to have this one to close out the, uh, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this, and I hope you'll tell your friends about uh, the Mad Hands Record podcast. Uh, there'll be more episodes coming. We have a great time doing it, right? I'm enjoying it. Let's give a listen to I Need Info, the last selection of the day off of the Blue Q's release of 2000. Spin it. Nobody's calling me here. You know, nobody's calling me. I need info. Don't you understand? I need info here.
I'm just gigging on Saturday. I'm trying to line up my soldiers here. I don't know where they, uh, where they gotta go, where they gotta come from, where they gotta, where they gotta dig their foxholes. Hey, don't think I forgot about that parking receipt, because I mailed it to you. And I hope you got it, I hope you're not playing something like, oh, got lost in the mail or something, you know, because I need that parking money. And I ride around town for nothing, ride around, up and down, up and down, looking for a place to park. Alright? Well, you guys are goofing off. You're not going to believe this. I get home tonight, and I got a message from that imbecile bass player that you sent the tape and charge to today, telling me that, oh, you know, after I, after I tell him, look, you know, uh, he tells me, oh, if you need me for a date, I'm there, right? Okay, cool. So then, he calls me up and he leaves me a message, oh, uh, well, I, you said you could, I could come to your house and he'd drive me to the gig, but I don't have a car. What a nightmare. Oh, man. I never saw anybody in my life who can, like, get distracted so easily, it's unbelievable. It's been 150 bucks, up to two hours, and anything over two hours drive is going to be 175. You know, I, I could just fucking reach through the phone and choke him to death. You know, if he ever played a perfect show, I, I think I would croak. I would croak on the spot. I would croak on the spot. I would croak on the spot. so much for tuning in to the Mad Hands Records Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email me at madmikecullens at gmail.com or monto51 at yahoo.com. And please, tell us what you think. We'd appreciate it. Also, check us out on Facebook, Mad Hands Records. Well, until next time, tan, don't burn. And cross on green, not in between. <laughs>